but I'm not just going there by default. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I can't. Pastor, by the way, is in Foster's tonight, preaching at Victorious Life, taking Pastor Avery's place. Um, and helping Miss Vicky, it's a it's a great responsibility for your husband to be clear on the other side of the earth. It was so traumatic to me that I wouldn't let mine go without me. When 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 we were going to go to Russia, Pastor said, "Well, we're supposed to go," and I said, "Well, if I have to go, uh, I'm not going to the other side of the earth without my kids." And so it was okay. So the church had to not only. Uh, believe God for the finances. We believe God and received offerings for me and pastor to go. They had to receive offerings and believe God for Colin and Eric to go because I wouldn't go to the other side of the earth. I wouldn't let pastor go without me and I wouldn't <laughs> Hallelujah! So it's very it's a it's a, it, it's a thing that takes faith. Amen. And so and to have the all the church responsibility on you. So we're glad to sow into the Russia ministry. And we believe just like that, that we're sowing into people in Russia and that we're going we're gonna to share in Pastor Avery's harvest uh, because we do that. And, and not only that, we sent seed, didn't we? Hallelujah. So uh, tonight we're going to look at Psalm 91 and just refresh ourselves on it because God's been ministering and, and quickening me to... Uh, to uh, to attach ourselves more tightly to the promises of God. Pastor was preaching this morning on the exceeding great and precious promises. And uh, the Lord spoke to me as we were standing there in praise and worship and said, there's no, there's no problem. There's nothing that these people ever will face or ever have faced that there's not a promise for in the Word of God. Hallelujah. But you know, and, and Pastor said this uh, not too long ago, and this is what God's been ministering to me. The more specific you can find the promise, I would just encourage you that when you have a situation in your life, when you have a, something that you're believing God to overcome, for sure don't just believe God in the general sense. Well, I'm just trusting God. Hallelujah. Well, all the Christians in town are just trusting God. You know, but to get more specific and find your precious promise. Hallelujah. And then attach yourself to it and, 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 and continue to, uh, pastor taught me a long time ago that when you're under pressure, put the pressure on the word. When the devil's trying to pressure you with financial situations, when he's trying to pressure you with symptoms, you don't receive that pressure. You can't hold up under the pressure. If you try to do it in yourself, Satan will defeat you. He can't defeat us if we'll put the pressure over on the Word of God. The Word of God will defeat him every time. And so get specific in your promises that you are, are, are believing God for. The more specific you can find. So when you have a financial situation, situation, don't just resort to Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my need. There's so much more in the Word of God, not that that's not a good promise, but there's so much more in the Word of God than that. God will get more specific for you, with you than that. When you're believing God for healing, and, I, and, and praise God, that's what Pastor said impacted him the most about the movie, is that you just you could just see for sure by his stripes you were healed. It just wasn't hard to see after you saw that movie. Hallelujah. So maybe some of you that are have been uh, maybe getting your faith, trying to get your faith to line up with that, maybe seeing the movie would even help your faith where by his stripes you were healed. And so, um, glory to God. I know God sent that movie for a purpose, to help us, to help us get the job done. 
You know, if we could have got the job done in the earth where the harvest is concerned without the movie, God wouldn't have led Mel Gibson to do the movie. Amen. And so praise God. We needed it and God sent it. And, and, he, and Mel Gibson paid the price. He's paid the price of all the criticism, all the, uh, you know, whatever. You know, it's anti-Semitic. It's, it's well, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But we're not holding the Jews' ancestors, we're not holding Jews today responsible for that, are we? No, it's like y'all aren't holding us responsible for what our ancestors have done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, I had some ancestors. <laughs> I'm sure glad nobody's counting it against me. I hope nobody's counting it against me. Glory to God. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So uh, it's important that we find specific promises. I want to encourage you that if you're believing for healing, to find a specific promise for the part of your body. For the specific part of your body. I guarantee you they're all in there. Or the specific sickness or the specific disease. It might take some research over there in um, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28 when it talks about the curses. Uh, I know one thing that it talks about is botch. Well... I never heard anybody say, I got the botch, have you? <laughs> I, I mean, that must be, that's kind of, uh, that language is, what do you call that? It's, his, it's prehistoric or something, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a, it, it's a little ancient, that, this botch. But botch means, if you look that up and study that out, different translations tell you that botch is ulcer. Or boils. Actually, this has to do with skin ulcers, uh, things to do with the skin. Botch, uh, it, one translation says scab or eczema. It means incurable malignant scab, skin eruptions, or skin disease, sore inflammation, every kind of skin condition. You've been, you, and Galatians 3.13 tells us specifically that we've been redeemed from everything in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Every disease listed in Deuteronomy 28. In Deuteronomy 28, it says blasting. Hey, I know y'all don't go around talking about blasting all the time, but blasting is any destructive wind. You've been redeemed from, you don't even have to think about tornadoes anymore. Because you've been, when you get your faith on the promises, you'll never have to think about tornadoes. They'll be locking down University Mall. They did that. I was in there one day, and they was locking that thing down. Everybody go to the Penny's Wing. And I was in Taco Casa eating. Because I've been redeemed. I knew that when I was in there, it couldn't blow away. Yeah. Amen. Because I was there. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, so we've been redeemed from, from blasting or from every destructive wind. Uh, Glory to God. We don't have to. So find some specific promises. And you know, I was one that I had to get it settled concerning destructive winds. And I was afraid of a thunderstorm. I mean, it didn't even have to do anything. I could, a cloud as small as the man's hand could come in the sky. And I went into a state of panic. I, I let, I, I let fear get in. Pastor uh, was, we were in a, 
mobile home. We were living in a mobile home, and he came in. A big cloud was coming up on the Saturday before Mother's Day, coming from the west in West Texas. When a big cloud comes up, man, it was red, full of dirt, full of red dirt. Oh, it was coming out of the, out actually coming out of the northwest, and uh, I can see it today in my mind's eye. And when he got, he run, he ran in from the farm, going about 90 miles an hour in his blue pickup. And he pulled into the driveway. We were right on the edge of town. I said, let's get out of here. He said, I've got chemical all over me. He had been treflanning or something. He had been putting out chemical. And so he had treflan all over him. So I got to take a shower. But he got in the shower, and it hit. And I'm telling you, it beat the thunder. The, the hail beat the thunder off the, the roof of that mobile home. But, you know, we and, and in right in the middle of the whole storm, I was like, I was so determined to get out of that house that we ran across with it just rain and cats and dogs we ran across the yard of our neighbors and she let us in the door I can't I mean we just soaked her kitchen and everything but from that day forward I'd let fear I let fear get in see you can open the door for fear I guarantee you if you've got fear tormenting fear like I'm talking about you open the door for it and you let it in at some point and that's what I did and from then on I was a basket case until I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I said to the Lord, didn't have sense enough to even know. I said, God, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I think I need deliverance. And I'm asking you to help me. And so a lady came to my grandma's house to visit her, grandmother's house to visit her. And she brought that book. She had that book with her pigs in the parlor. And I told her I had a stinking devil of fear. Not I wasn't possessed because I was a Christian, but I was being oppressed by a devil of fear. And I, so I told her, I said, I think I need deliverance from this demon of fear. So she said, well, I'll tell you how to pray. So she told me how to pray. I prayed myself, got delivered. Didn't even have to have her pray for me. I prayed for myself according to how she told me. And I got delivered and set free. And I quit packing diaper bags and making... A little cloud had come up and I'd pack 13 bottles. I mean, I'd, I'd pack Colin's diaper bag. We'd have food. We'd have bottles. And then we'd leave our house and go and sit. Now, fear is irrational, folks. It is totally irrational. I, the, the Baptist church there had a little drive-through metal awning they had put up on the outside where you could drive through and let people out and not get wet. I don't know why they put it up. It don't never rain. But <laughs> every once in a while. Keep the sun, sun off the little old ladies at First Baptist Church. Anyway, we would get in our truck. I would make pastor. Of course, this is before we were ministering or pastoring or anything. I would make him. We'd get in that truck in the middle of the night, load Colin and all those bottles and diaper bags, and we'd go sit under a metal awning <laughs> if a thunderstorm tornado was going to come. Hallelujah. That'd be the first thing that went was that metal and we'd have been sitting under it. See, fear's crazy, isn't it? It'll make you do crazy things. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, praise God, I got delivered from a spirit of fear. I don't know why I told all that. Maybe it helps somebody. But anyway, you got promises for these things. Amen. And so I had to get myself uh, uh, renewed in the spirit of my mind concerning the promises and get myself built on the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, for, for what He's promised. Now in Psalm 91 it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. 
Now, we, when we look at verse 1, we invariably want to ask ourselves the question, well, what do these words mean? He that dwelleth in the secret place. Well, what is the secret place? I need to know if I'm there. I need to know if I'm not there. Because obviously the secret place is the place of safety, right? And then he that abides under the shadow of the Almighty. For one thing I'll tell you, that word abide means stay. That's something you need to always remember. He that stays under the shadow of the Almighty. Implying we could come in, we could be there a while, but we could leave and get out from underneath the shadow of the Almighty. Well, I can tell you that's easy to do. Now, through my search of the scriptures of what it means to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, because uh, there's all sorts of safety in Psalm 91. There's all sorts of, uh, uh, of prevention where we don't encounter the diseases of this world. We don't encounter the tragedy and the destruction that's in this world. There's some great promises in Psalm 91, but you know, and I don't know if Pastor said this, but it's true anyway, to every promise that we find in the Word of God, there's always a qualifier. There's always a condition to meet for the promise. And so in those conditions, God's not making, you know, it's not hard to serve God. The devil wants to tell you it's hard. You could never meet the conditions. But you know, the fact is that most of the conditions, Jesus met them for us. Jesus, that price that he paid that everybody's been talking about tonight, that price that he paid caused us to be in Christ. And we now in Christ, it, you know what the truth is? The gospel is too good to be true news. It's too good to be true. God's not holding our sin against us. And if you think he is holding their sin against people, then which ones is he holding? Because unbelief is a sin. Is he holding that one? Uh, there's all sorts of, uh, of things that are missing the mark, that are sin. And so we, you know, see, we want to just say sometimes, well, the big sins. You know, adultery, he's holding that against people. Well, murder, he's holding that against people. But now my little sins... Oh, there's some. I didn't know. Hallelujah. I saw somebody didn't know up there. Hallelujah. My little sins. Uh, hallelujah. My little sins. He's not holding against me. Hallelujah. So um, we got to find out what it means to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. In, uh, I've come to the conclusion. I'll just go ahead and give it away. I've come to the conclusion that the secret place of the Most High God is simply this. And I'm going to bear it out in Scripture for you. But it's simply the place of faith. That that's simply all it is. It is being in faith concerning the precious promises. That when you're in faith, no evil can befall you. No plague can come near your dwelling. But when you get where like I was <laughs> over there and you're operating in fear like I was, I was, it was a good thing. Probably my husband's faith was keeping me covered, but I was an open door. I, I mean, I had the door with fear open so wide, I was not operating in faith at all. Amen. This is just a good thing I didn't live in Alabama then because, you know, we really didn't have that many tornadoes to tell you the truth. I mean, we did have some, but not like... They have here. And so it's a good thing I wasn't here. I mean, with that kind of fear, I'd have been drawing them to me. I would have been a magnet. Hallelujah. We'd have been rebuilding our house every other month, wouldn't we? 
because <laughs> I was a bull in the men with. See, because see, fear is faith in the power of the devil. Fear is faith in the negative. I was having more faith in the negative and in the power of the devil than I did in the in 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 the Lord. Of course, you got to understand. Only thing I knew about the Lord was salvation. That's all I was ever taught. And because that's all I ever taught, I had great faith in salvation. I had tremendous faith that I was saved. I didn't doubt I was going to heaven, not one time, because I heard that taught. And when you hear something taught, it activates your faith. And I was, I was, I was completely free in my heart as far as knowing I was going to go to heaven. I didn't fret over it. But I had never been taught anything concerning believing God for safety. Hallelujah. I didn't know anybody that had fear like I had. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and let's look at some of the ways that God protects us uh, through faith, okay? And we're just going to prove this out through the Word of God that the secret place of the Most High God is a place of faith. If you, if you see that, then it's really easy to understand why you look out there and you see Christians who are not getting the benefits of the promise of God, promises of God, who, because they're not in faith over the promises, not in faith about the promises, they're not dwelling in safety, and all sorts of calamities are coming uh, to their house and to their lives. Hallelujah. But we can, we can get more established ourselves. We ought to get so serious about Psalm 91 that we refuse to even let our foot be dashed against a stone. You know, we don't fall down the stairs like I did one time. Actually, I've done that more than once. Actually, Pastor fell down the stairs not too long ago. But we can get more established and say, you know, uh, and I fell out of my chair and nearly had to have nine call 911 to get somebody to get me up because, you know, we're so spread apart in this church. You could lay in there and cry for a year. <laughs> Hallelujah. But on the office day, nobody could hear me crying. Oh, Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me. Hallelujah. And I'd hit my rib on the, uh, on my paper shredder and oh my word hallelujah I was about to cry I really was <laughs> hallelujah um, and so but we ought we can get more we can get more uh, even established on that that we don't dash our foot against a stone we don't fall out of chairs and we don't fall downstairs <laughs> hallelujah glory to God you know we laughed at pastor for falling down those stairs back there but and he didn't tell us me till a month later but he was in he, he did something to a rib, and he was in tremendous pain, and here we all had laughed at him. Isn't that sad? I thought it was. <laughs> Hallelujah. That faith, that faith you, where you don't confess, tell what's wrong with you, you know, you don't get any sympathy. Second Timothy 4, 7. That's why some of you won't get in faith and won't hook up with faith, because you like sympathy. Amen. You're going to have to wean yourself from sympathy. Second Timothy 4, 7. He says, Timothy, he's, Paul said to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Well, how do you reckon he finished his course? With faith? You know, they were trying to kill Paul every way that there was to kill him. 
He had been stoned. He had been left for dead, he says. He had been in, um, uh, he had been shipwrecked. The devil was trying to put him under, but how was he able to go the distance and finish his course? He was able to do it because he kept the faith. He stayed in faith. Uh, turn to 1 Peter 1 5. We'll look at a lot of scriptures if we have time. We'll look as many as we have time for. 1 Peter 1 5. No, I'm convinced that the way we stay protected, that the way we stay uh, free, that the way we stay healthy, that the way we stay out of the path of destruction is to stay in faith and to obey God. Amen. First uh, Peter 1 5. You know, God will... If you violate that word, the word of God, with the, the, the voice of God within you, uh, you're going to encounter some things you would not encounter if you would obey the still small voice that's inside of you. Those unctions, that, 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 that gentle urging, that gentle pressure, that gentle uh, thing that says draw back, pull back, don't go so fast, don't be, you know, we're just sometimes in way too big a hurry, and so we don't even take the time to listen to the voice within us, but if we would, uh, we could avoid some things, and I, I've been, you know, trying to practice this for some time, um, especially in, and I know some of you have to, uh, you're going to have to get on an exceeding great and precious promise. You have to be at work at a certain time, but I don't have to be there at a certain time. So I endeavor to, to follow the Holy Ghost and, and, and let him lead me. I don't, I endeavor to pray until I feel released from prayer. I endeavor to, to study until I feel released from studying in the mornings and so forth. And, uh, but, and, and I practice this in my free time too. I endeavor to follow him whether I'm to go shopping or not. You know, I may say, well, I'm going to go shopping this afternoon. But sometimes I just don't get around to it because I just don't feel released to go do that, to go, to go out there. Plus, God will keep you. You know, you know God wants to bless you and keep you from wasting your time. Did anybody ever waste their time, go out, try to find something, look for something, and you know, it just wasn't there, it didn't happen, and it was what you call an unfruitful day? When you follow the Holy Ghost, you don't have any unfruitful days. Hallelujah. And, uh, of course, us girls now, we don't always have to accomplish something. Sometimes we just want to go and just walk around for the fun of it. And, you know, I know men don't understand that, but it's true. It, it, it's, it's good therapy for girls. 1 Timothy 1.5. It says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Did you know we're kept by the power of God through faith? That's what the Bible says. We are kept by the power of God through faith. We need to get our faith over on the power of God, over on the Word of God. His Word is His power. His Word and His power are one. They're the same. And so we get our faith over on the power of God and on the Word of God, and we're kept. Not just trusting, oh, I'm just trusting God. Not praying prayers like, God, go with me. That's unbelief. Why is that unbelief? Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So to say, God, go with me is just flat old unbelief. Amen. But getting our faith over in the specific promises. You know, uh, when you fly on an airplane, getting your faith in uh, to, uh, gee, that, there's a promise. Jesus said, uh, uh, we, we'll pass over to the other side. 
See, we can push our, put our faith, hallelujah, if we're being led by the Spirit and we're not violating uh, uh, our heart, we have a green light, we have a go-ahead to go, we can trust God, can't we? And we know that we're going to pass over to the other side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Turn to uh, Galatians 3.14. Now, we're, we already talked about Galatians 3.13 tonight. But getting our faith in, a speci in the specific promises. I want to challenge you tonight that whatever it is that you're going to do, if you're going on vacation, I want to challenge you to not leave this year till you have a specific promise. Till you know you're going over to the other side. Till you know a path is being cleared before you. I want to encourage you to this tonight that if you have sickness in your body, that you find, if it's for skin, heart, lungs, um, t feet, toes, whatever it is, that you find back, shoulders, that you give, you don't, don't stop in your word, in the word of God, till you have a specific promise. And then you squeeze that promise like we were talking before. You keep that promise lifted up before God. Hallelujah. And put the pressure over on the Word of God. It'll take the pressure off of you for one thing. It'll put the pressure over on the Word of God. God says He hastens over His Word to perform it. God's been dealing with me, even, and we've been, I've been doing this more in the prayer room, about going in there and praying the Scriptures. Speaking the scriptures. Galatians 3.14. Been doing that at home too. Uh, I prayed the scriptures over my kids for, for years. I still do. But for years when they were little, I had set scriptures. I've gotten some different ones now that they're older that I pray. But I had some set scriptures. I've given them out to many of y'all that I prayed over my children. I'm telling you, it made all the difference. Now, I don't have perfect kids. I guess y'all noticed that. Uh, <laughs> Don't everybody say amen, it'll hurt their feelings. No, hallelujah. I've told you before, y'all are all scared to say amen because I told you don't mess with my kids before. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. But uh, I don't have perfect kids, but I will tell you that for all the kids that they went to school with, I can see a difference in them and the things that happened in the kids they went to school with and, 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 and what happened in their lives, and they're Christians, many of them, many of their parents were Christians, and many of them were spirit-filled Christians, but just taking that time every day to not maybe, you know, it didn't take a lot of time. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things, and we think to get results from God, we got to get over into some sort of zone, and we got to, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, oh, and that's not what it takes to get the power of God. But if we would just forget all that, that religious mumbo-jumbo, and we would just speak the word over our children, and we would just say, my children are disciples taught of the Lord, Great is their peace and undisturbed composure. If we would just begin to say and thank God that He gives His angels charge over our children. If we would begin to say and speak over our children, not just speaking it, uh, and Pastor Avery talked to us about this in healing school. And, and, and one of the things the Holy Ghost has been talking to me about is don't, when you get where you've got the scripture memorized, because you'll get to that point, don't, don't just speak it from memory, but go back and read it and say it. Go back to the source. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. Because see, after you speak it for a while, you'll get it to memory without even trying to memorize it. I never set out to memorize any scripture. But by speaking it and looking at it and going over it, I've got some scriptures that are in my memory. 
And so, but we always go back to the source. Because one thing the Lord said to me is, you'll progressively get, you, first of all, you'll, you'll be speaking the word. And you're on the word. And you're squeezing the word. Then you'll get a little lazy and you'll just start quoting the word. You don't take the time to go back to the source. And then first thing you know, you'll just be, instead of the scriptures, uh, you'll just be, I have peace. I'm healed. You'll be, you, you, you'll have taken another step away and, and, and you got, you're not, you're not connecting to the scripture. See, the power is in the word of God. So it made a difference in my children's lives. It made a difference. I would say over my children, there's a scripture in Daniel, that they were ten times wiser than the Babylonian children. Hallelujah. So I would say that over my kids. Uh, they're ten times wiser. I'd go to that scripture in Daniel saying they're ten times. Well, they turned out smart. They turned out smart. Hallelujah. And because uh, we spoke that and we said that over them. We said over them, they will never be unequally yoked with anyone who is inconsistent with the faith. Now, Colin, he tried to get yoked with some inconsistent with the faith girls. <laughs> but they couldn't stick because the word was working. Even when, you know, sometimes your kids go out and do things you don't know they're doing. Do you know what they, they will? And, uh, uh, but you know, if you've got the word out there, working on them and working, working on them, when you're not there, the word's there. And the word's better than you are. You know what? Did you know it? And you know, I'm telling you, I, I used to think God would show me everything my kids were doing, but I found out he wouldn't. I told him he would, but he didn't tell me everything they were doing. And the first time I found out Colin had done something and God didn't tell me, I was mad at God. I was not mad, but I was upset with God. And I was like, God, I can't believe you didn't tell me. I said, I can't believe you didn't tell me so I could stop him. He said, the Lord spoke to me as clear as I've ever heard him. What makes you think you could stop him if I couldn't stop him? And besides all that, if I'd have told you, you'd have tore up your whole church trying to stop him. Now that's what the Holy Ghost told me. And you know he was right, I would have. Because I was real sensitive where my kids were concerned, and so are you. And I wouldn't have cared who got in the way. And so God just kept it under wraps. Hallelujah. Well, it wasn't anything all that serious. But it was that trying to get unequally yoked with people that were inconsistent with the faith. Hallelujah. But the Word was out there working. The Word was out there watching over Him. Amen. And it still is. Hallelujah. I got the Word out there. Glory to God. Galatians 3.14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All of these promises in the Word of God were given by the Spirit. How are we going to get these promises that were inspired by the Spirit? Through faith. Not through just a general knowing that God, you know, a lot of Christians, God's in control. Why He's not? And if you don't put his word, he's not in control. It wouldn't be a big mess here in this earth if he was in control. No, man's in control. And so, and the way we get God in control is to get on the promises, right? We get the promises out there working on our behalf. See, we, get, we don't try to figure out how to prosper. We let the word prosper us. Amen. 1 John 5, 5. No, these promises are, are precious and we have to attach faith to them. 1 John 5, 5. Who is he that overcometh the world 
But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, if we're going to overcome the world, the things of this world, we're going to do it by believing. Amen. Look up in the verse right before it. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Did you know there's a lot of people that don't like the faith message, that don't like faith? And you know what? Everything depends upon it. I was the pastor's wife that didn't want pastor to preach on faith many years ago. I didn't like faith. I, I was scared of it. I didn't understand faith. I didn't understand how it worked. But hallelujah, everything depends on it. You know it's so funny because God loves us. And even when we got crazy thinking like that, and I was crazy. He, he came in, you know, he'll come in the back door. And he would come in the back door with me and have us operate in faith. And I didn't even know that's what I was operating in. And he'd get us to, 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 to act in faith. Amen. To act on our faith. Praise God. He was having to work with me. Hallelujah. John six forty seven. So faith is the victory. I believe that secret place of the Most High God is simply a place of faith. So it's important that we keep our faith strong, isn't it? That we make sure it's strong in every area. Now, you, you can have strong faith in one area and be totally a mess when it comes to faith in another area. And I've seen as I've observed people, it seems like all of us have our areas that come easier for us. I've seen people that just, just seem like it was automatic, their faith they had for finances. And then I've seen people that struggled and struggled to believe God to prosper. I've seen people that it seemed like they ever had fear. They're not, but, but then that was my area that I had, to, I had to really come in there and renew my mind to the Word of God. I've seen people who, who just seemed like getting healed was the easiest thing on earth for them. But then I've seen people that, we, that, and that really had to... to, to, to you know, I think a lot of it depends on the things that were planted in us first. The things we got rooted and grounded in us. And some of us got so rooted and grounded in unbelief and sickness. We, I mean, we are rooted and some of us got so rooted and grounded in the traditions of men and unbelief and sickness. That's why I like for Christians, I always say I like them when they come straight out of the world. Just plain old heathen. Man, they, the only church they've been attending is the bar. That's the best kind of Christians. Why? Because they're not rooted and grounded in tradition and unbelief. Hallelujah. And they'll just believe what you teach them from the Word of God. Amen. My second favorite kind of Christians are Catholic Christians, believe it or not. I really like them because they really were taught to respect the Father. And they think the pastor's the Father. And so they, I mean, they think, so they just like their pastor. They believe it if the pastor says it. Hallelujah. So that's my second favorite kind of Christians. My third favorite kind, I really like to get a hold of a good old Methodist. They don't know nothing. Mostly, the ones I've encountered are mostly not saved. That's scary. Now, maybe not in Alabama, but the ones that would come to our church in Texas, we nearly always had to get the husband saved. The wife sometimes would be saved, but the husband usually wouldn't have been saved. He'd be serving on the board of the church, but he wasn't saved because it's not generally taught there. I like to get a good Lutheran, too, a good Presbyterian. Because they don't know much of anything either. They're not rooted and grounded in anything. But now you get a Baptist. 
And they, now see, I'm talking to you. If you, because I was Baptist and you can get it. That unbelief and tradition is pressed down, shaken together and running over. And the only thing worse is Pentecostal. Oh, now don't get mad at me. Y'all love me. But like my grandmother said, when we came from, we went, came out of the Baptist, went among Pentecostals. She said, them people believe in healing. Those are the sickest folks in town. Oh, that's what she, it was really the truth. You know, Brother Hagin tells the story about he was down praying. You know, he would go for hours when he was passing a church and get down in the floor and pray. And he said one day it just seemed like a, uh, you know, he uh, just something out of, came up out of his spirit. He said, I, he said I, the only way I could describe it, it was like an old boot that had been underwater or something. And it was, you know how you'll drag something up out when you're fishing, just some old gnarly something all messed up. He said it was like an old boot. And he said to the Lord, oh Lord, what's that? The Lord said, that's your Pentecostal doctrine. He said it took him about, a, about uh, I think he said about six months to get rid of his Baptist doctrine, about three years to get rid of his Pentecostal bad doctrine. You know, just, we can get that unbelief. Down. And I think sometimes the, the, the degree that we have to work, the degree that we have to work to getting uh, our mind renewed and to getting that unbelief out of us sometimes has to do with the foundation that was put in us and you know what our forefathers believed and our ancestors believed. And, and you know that stuff is just passed down through the little sayings that Granny makes. You know, Granny can say things that, and we love them just because Granny said them, but they can just be totally, you know, my Granny had a little saying that just agitated me to no end. But she had it hanging on her refrigerator. And it was a... Uh, working for God don't pay much on this earth, but the, the rewards are out of this world or something. And I would say, oh, Granny, that is just unbelief. Get that off your refrigerator. She would say, well, uh, Sister Betty gave that to me. And, you know, she just loves Sister Betty, and she just wanted to keep it because Sister Betty gave it to her. But it was a big, fat lie. That's just a lie of the devil to keep us in poverty. Oh, it don't pay much serving God here, but one day you're going to get a reward, Kevin. Now you just, hallelujah, the glory. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Huh. Y'all going to get on the promises? Or are you going you gonna to be staying in that old? And all of us have some of that in us. I can say this because I was Baptist. Then I came out among the Pentecostal. Hallelujah. And I didn't stay there long. God moved us right on. Hallelujah. But you know when the Baptists wouldn't have us, when they got so mad at us for speaking in tongues, the Pentecostals took us in. Hallelujah. Loved us anyway. Amen. Loved us in, and they didn't understand us because we were kind of those charismatic types. So they didn't understand us, but they loved us. Uh, six, John 6, 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. We've talked about this before. He that believeth hath. He that believeth not hath not. You can either believe and have or doubt and do without. And we have to make that choice, don't we? See, a lot of the choices that we think God's making for us, we're actually making for ourselves. Because we haven't established ourselves on the promises. Every part of your life is supposed to be established on the promises. Get your kids established on the promises. 
Hallelujah. You husbands, you get the promises out there on behalf of your wife. It'll do you a lot of good if you'll believe God with her and for her. It will benefit your life. It'll pay big. You ought to be saying over your wife. Pastor can tell you some of the scriptures that you can say, but uh, the but faith will move her. Your the word will move your wife, and ladies, the word will move your husband. You know, you can make him a strong and godly man by what you confess over him. And a Psalm 112 is a good place to start for the ladies. Proverbs 31 is a good place to start for the men, isn't it? Hallelujah. We won't go there tonight. Second um, Corinthians. 124, and we're closing down. I didn't get near all my scriptures that I wanted to read to you, but we talked about movies. Second, but hallelujah, we, we, that was good. I enjoyed it. Second Corinthians 1 verse 24. He says in Second Corinthians 1 24, Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. Now, whether you stand or fall is going to have to do with your faith. Amen. And you know, we are not the, we don't have dominion over your faith. I can't just do it for you. But I can encourage you. I can encourage you. I can, I can, like he said there, uh, but our helpers of your joy. I can help you with your faith, but I can't do it for you. I can't, I can't go out there and get the promises of God working for your husband and your kids and all the situations of your life, your finances. I can't do that for you. I can just come here tonight and encourage you and be a helper, uh, helper of your hope and your joy, encouraging you to go do it. But it's really up to you, isn't it? it you know, it kind of depends on how bad you want it. It's going to mean, you know, some changes in life. You know, sometimes we have to put aside some things in order to have some things. I know many times we've had to make choices through the years of how we spend our time. You just have so much time. If you are a working girl or a working man, and, and most of us are, you just have so much time, don't you? And so we have to make choices. We're custodians of our time. We're a... a how we attach ourselves to the promises. You know, this stuff takes time. It takes time to dig them out, to find them. It takes time to enforce them on a regular basis, but it pays big. It pays real big. It pays real big. Hallelujah. And so we stay on the Word and not let the pressure get over on us. See, when you've got a problem, the devil will get you down under it if he can and get the pressure on you. But on a daily basis, if you'll put the pressure over on the Word... And you know, sometimes when I've been tempted to get under it, Pastor will remind me, Debbie, get the pressure on the Word. Get the pressure over on the Word. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together tonight. So that's what we're going to do, isn't it? We're going to put the pressure on the Word. You know.